We are gathered here today to celebrate the fact that eating week-old chicken is not <laughs> the greatest of ideas. <laughs> Hazel Burton was loved by all. Most. That's a bit slanderous. <laughs> <laughs> I can't see how this is going to work. <laughs> Let's just do a normal intro. All right, fair enough. But what if there is no tomorrow? There wasn't one today. Hello and welcome to the Nerdfest podcast. Today we have Louise Taylor, Peter Johnson, Andy Chandler, and I'm John Farthing. Uh, we don't have with us this week Hazel or Andy. No, you do. Yes, Andy, you do. Andy, we do have Andy. Sorry, I'm, I'm getting you <laughs> and Daniel right mixed there. up. It's, it's an easy mistake to make. He's the one who doesn't like Hamilton. Okay, well today we don't have Hazel or Dan because Hazel's in San Francisco, Dan is in London, and they are both watching Hamilton. Amazing. Not Ridiculous. quite simultaneously, but... Love across the oceans. This episode, we have some recommendations, and we also have a new quiz which Andy is bringing for us. Would you like to describe the quiz or keep it as a surprise? <laughs> um, I have stolen a concept from the pub quiz that we go to on a Monday. I'm Yay. just going to do some movie taglines. I say the tagline, you say the movie, everybody wins, apart oh. from the losers. They're and really the, uh, hard. We, don't, we are not always good at them. Are they going to be accurate, unlike sometimes the Monday quiz ones? They will be at least as accurate. (laughs) Okay, so uh, we've got a lot to go through, so let's get it started. As As the Black Eyed Peas. Do you ever worry, Andy, that one day Hazel's going to say, I cannot love a man who does not love a Hamilton as much as I do? No, no, I tend to reserve all my worrying energies for the Chris Hemsworth fixation. Mm. Um, (laughs) Very wise. I would imagine she's more likely to bring Chris Hemsworth home than a politician that's been dead for 200 years. What if Chris Hemsworth played Hamilton in the film? His all might explode. That would be too much. Can he sing? I can't imagine Chris Hemsworth rapping. Mm. He can probably sing. He, probably, he, can, he can do anything. Big old hunk of man that he is. He's quite, got quite a deep, gravelly voice. Wouldn't really work for I it, don't would think it? it would lend itself to rapping. That was Margaret Thatcher. <laughs> <laughs> he can't do anything. I mean, he's not able to get out of a car boot, for example. No. Uh, he's just a useless boy. But he has managed to maintain an international film career while trapped in a boot for at least a year and a half. It's good of him to get back in that boot mm. after every film no, shoot. No, no, well, That's actually, the what, well, they, they put a webcam and a green screen in the boot with him. <laughs> um, that's why his performances have been a little bit odd for the last couple of years. It's been a bit twitchy. chroma keyed in. And if you look, he's actually blinking, please God help me in Morse code. Oh. If you watch every blink in Thor Ragnarok, it's a cry for help. That's what I always said. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Can someone explain how Natalie Portman is going to be Thor? She'll become Lady Thor. What do you mean she'll become Lady Thor? I think in the comics, Ian Mayer is not here. We have to delve into his void and ask him. But I believe that... Um, <laughs> Whoever controls. I would ask him before you delve into his voice. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's best to ask permission, isn't that? Yeah. In the comics, I think she gets cancer and he tries to help her by giving her some powers and then she becomes Lady Thor. Hmm. Is he still Thor as well? Are they like Mr. and Mrs. Thor? I think so, yeah. Right. There's a She Hulk and things as mm. well, aren't there? She Hulk is Bruce Banner's cousin. 
imagine that happening to two members of the same family. It's no, so well, unlikely. Well, well, what happens is she's injured oh. in a terrible accident and she needs a blood transplant to save her life. And Bruce Banner, not thinking through the consequences, goes, here, have some of my special... Have some of my radioactive blood? Yeah. Okay, I'm not very satisfied with that explanation, but I'll probably have to do some Googling of my own. Okay, so uh, we've got some recommendations. Louise, would you like to go first? Oh, uh, no. Like someone else to do it, and then I can warm into it. I was not prepared to go first. Yes, that's uh, that's the description of our sex life. That's uh, (laughs) (laughs) I'll go first. (laughs) Uh, I'd like to recommend Midnight Family. Uh, This is a feature length documentary from Luke Lorenzen. It's currently in cinemas at time of recording, but almost certainly not at time of release of the podcast so keep an eye out for it when it comes to streaming services these sort of things tend to turn up very very quickly on streaming services nowadays don't they yes it's exactly that kind of thing but it's it's worth a watch it follows the ochoa family who run a private ambulance in mexico city the film begins by explaining that in the city of nine million people the government operates fewer than 45 ambulances and so private services fill the gap in what has become a bit of a cutthroat industry. The family struggle to get by and their financial needs often come into conflict with their responsibility to care for the people in their charge. Um, so the film's fascinating. Um, it's, it's quite exciting as well. Uh, you often see them racing other ambulances to be first to an accident because... <laughs> Literal ambulance chasing. Mm-hmm. Well, pretty much, yeah. It's first come, first served, and they're really struggling to get by. Um, the, the whole film is, is more a demonstration of, of a broken system. It's a snapshot of a bizarre circumstance, and, and the Ochoa family are, are they're victims of this, this strange circumstance and, and just trying to get by. So while you, you follow them throughout the entire film, it's less about them and more about the crazy world around them. They have to just accept sometimes that some people that they help once they've got them to a hospital, they either can't pay or won't pay because they've complained that they've been taken to the wrong hospital or they didn't need to go or whatever contrived reason. They have to bribe police to be allowed to continue. You see the difficulty of having to ask a bereaved mother for payment for their ambulance service just after her daughter has been declared dead at the hospital. It's really distressing at times. And it's, it's odd to see these situations kind of in the context of what is essentially a mundane workday. Uh, the family are, are quite relatable. They're not especially likable. They don't certainly come off as callous or capitalizing on people's woe or anything like that. They're really just doing what they can to stay afloat in a broken system. They do provide an essential service, but the fact they have to charge for it really feels like a very strange contradiction. Can I just say for our American listeners, it's not normal to have to pay a lot of money for an ambulance. Yeah, I, th- I think there's only two major economic countries, America being one of them. I can't remember where the other one is, that they don't have. Mm-hmm. What's the t- jargon for that? The point of service. Yeah. But then you've got somewhere like in, in Mexico where they do have that, but it just doesn't work, so they need to have these ambulances. Can I just say there's only one film that you need to see about an ambulance at breaking point, and that is the Nicolas Cage star <laughs> bringing out the dead. <laughs> Actually, we watched that again the other week. It's not. It, does, it has not held up it well. Not. It's like a shit episode of ER. So just an episode of ER then. (laughs) (laughs) So is it like ultimately uplifting in any way or is it just quite... No, it's not. 
The thing that I think is, is lacking from the film is, is kind of a, a narrative. Obviously, it's real life. It's a documentary, so you can't force that. But characters don't mm-hmm. develop. They don't kind of face and then overcome challenges. So there's no happy ending. It, the, the thing is really just a snapshot of what, to me, is, is a, a peculiar oddity of life in Mexico City. If, if I want to be hypercritical, the film is a little bit one note. But it's, it's very interesting. It it's keep you engaged for 90 minutes and it's, it's worth a shot. It's called Midnight Family. If you can see it anywhere at a cinema, if it happens to be on a special showing somewhere, give it a try. And if not, then it will come to streaming and watch it while distractedly checking your email. Mm-hmm. Is it something that benefits from being shown in the cinema at all? Or does it not really matter? I generally think that anything's better in the cinema, but nah. Excellent. Peter, what do you have? This time I thought I'd recommend a very weird series I've been watching called Doom Patrol. Louise said, oh, big surprise, because I apparently had mentioned it quite a bit in our chat. It. <laughs> it's the new, um, what's the other one with Dan Stevens in that you didn't shop about? Legion? Legion, that's the new Legion. Yeah. <laughs> right, okay. It's just such a weird series, it really is. It's uh, a DC-based TV show, and I find most of their series a bit sort of vanilla. Mm-hmm. Green Arrow, Flash, Supergirl. So you can predict what will happen. It'll be much the same in the following series. And they never really scale the heights mm. of drama in any sort of mm. way. Not to say so much that this does, but it just has a bloody weird way of doing everything. It's about a team of superheroes living in this sort of X-Men style mansion. But it's more a rehab centre for people with personality problems than it is anything else. It's run by The Chief, who's played by Timothy Dalton, who's uh, normally pretty good in any role he gets. Except for the big role that he got. <laughs> I thought he was a good Bond. Yeah. License to Kill's okay. He's there at the beginning, but disappears for a while, and a lot of the series, they're trying to find him again. Did he have a moustache? He's only good in roles where he's mustachioed. Yeah, I kind of agree. It's like Viking's beard, it's Dalton's moustache. Yeah, like when he was in um, Hot, Hot Fuzz. Fuzz, he had an excellent moustache in that. He had some Hot Fuzz. <laughs> what makes it weird is all the different characters so um one of the major ones is crazy jane who has 64 different personalities and she's played most of the time by diane guerrero who was in orange is the new black she's one of the standouts just because each of the different characters has such a different feel when she's playing them some of them have their own particular abilities such as flit who can teleport she can call on those different personalities to kind of help with something when they're needed but they're not all cooperative and they're not always there when they're asked for. There's Negative Man who has a second person made out of energy inside him and is covered in bandages all the way through, like Invisible Man. There's Robot Man, played by Brendan Fraser. Oh, <gasps> Brendan Fraser! Whose body was rebuilt after a crash. Oh, is that why he doesn't get cast by Hollywood anymore? <laughs> yes. And the weird thing about his character and the guys like the Invisible Man, you're not seeing the faces of either of them. In Brendan Fraser's case, he just does the voice. And occasionally oh. he turns up as the character before he got turned into Robot Man, but someone else plays him when he's being the Robot Man. It's a bit like The Mandalorian, where you've got a, a name actor you never actually see. Yes, yeah. And there's also the 50s Hollywood star who every so often turns into a blob. Are these all existing DC characters? These are existing characters mm. from the comic, yeah. And Cyborg who got drafted in from the Justice League yeah. movie, that particular character, but played by a different actor. In that first season, they're trying to find Dalton's character again, whilst pursued by Mr. Nobody, which is played by Alan Tudyk oh, from Firefly. Good actors in this. Mm. But what makes it weird is all the different things that happen to them. So at one point, they end up in a snow globe. 
Another point, they end up sucked into a vortex up a donkey's butt. <laughs> uh, there's a top secret research lab. There's a kind of holographic version of the Doom Mansion. And inside Jane's mind with all the different personalities. It's just a very, very strange, surreal series. Uh, and we meet weird characters such as Danny the Street, who is a genderqueer teleporting street. Like literally a street. Like a pavement? Uh, well, he's like a small section of road with lots of people who live on him and they all teleport with him and he can communicate through signs and like the cinema hoardings. It's a very weird series. It sounds like there was a lot to keep track of in I'm this I'm much program. more interested in this the more you talk about it, I have I'm, to say. I'm less interested. This sounds like a lot to keep track mm. of. And Crazy Jane sounds like a series in and of herself. And there's also Flex Mentallo, who's a circus strongman, and a guy called the Beard Hunter who can track people down <laughs> from their facial hair. <laughs> And Admiral Whiskers, a rat that Mr. Nobody convinces to seek revenge against the team. It is... How many episodes is there? About 15. Oh, right, yeah. (laughs) But it is completely batshit. And like I say, it's totally different to DC's superhero shows, which are much more conventional. Is this a DC streaming show? It's shown on DC Universe and also on HBO in the US. Yeah. Uh, Here, Amazon Video has various add-on channels you can buy. Yeah. Uh, for I think a five or a month or something like that. And if this is on one of those, it might be stars, it might be one of the others. I think I've misjudged this series then. I just took the title, Doom Patrol, and in my head I thought, Suicide Squad ripoff. I mean, it's hard to say what it's like. Yeah, It, it is it, strange. It's not as mad and otherworldly as Legion can be at mm-hmm. times. It's a bit more, to some extent, rooted in the real world. I know it doesn't sound like it from my description. I, I mean, I wouldn't say, I'm not saying it's the best series ever. <laughs> In any way. And I think the main thing they get wrong is they don't quite stick the landing on the end of the series. Perhaps because it's gone so many weird places and done so many weird things, it's quite hard then to find a sort of climax. It's not a limited series, though, is it? Is it it's ongoing. I think it'll be ongoing, yeah. yeah. You do wonder where the hell it's going. Yeah. And that's what appeals most about it, I think, is just its weirdness. Mm-hmm. You've got to like the strange. I will give that a go. Louise, what do you have to recommend for us? I'm going to recommend a new Netflix series called I Am Not Okay With This. Why are you smirking? You're just waiting for me to make some bad joke, aren't you? Like I'm I was... waiting for you to say name of my sex tape. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so um, this is from Jonathan Entwistle, who was the director behind The End of the Fucking World. Both are based on graphic novels by Charles Forsman. End of the Fucking World, I really enjoyed the first series of it. Um, I thought it was amazing to look at and um, the director has got a background in sort of commercials and you can really tell he's got like an amazing visual sense and the first series was really cinematic to look at like everything was massive beautiful vistas and he made the random little parts of the UK like little grim seaside towns look really stunning. I was curious to see what he did in this new series which suddenly appeared I'd not really heard anything about it. In this one, uh, the lead character is a teenage girl called Sydney. She's played by Sophia Lillis, who was in It. She is a troubled teenager. She's got a difficult family background. She's living in this kind of small town. She's getting bullied. She's struggling with her sexuality, all these kind of tropes of teen dramas. But she's also realising that she may have some pretty terrifying superpowers that are starting to reveal themselves. One thing I found in the second series of End of the Fucking World was that it felt a bit anachronistic. So it's all the the comic books he's basing these on are all based in America, but he was filming the End of the Fucking World in England. 
and there was lots of things in it that just jarred a little bit visually and it kind of reminded me a bit of um sex, sex education. education yeah how they they go to this massive school that looks like it's in america and somehow the scenery is seems like it's not quite of england um and it was a bit like that in end of the fucking world so one of the main characters had a job in like a roadside diner in a forest and i was looking at it thinking these places don't exist in england where did you find this and it looked very American. So this feels like a better fit for the visual style of what he seems to enjoy doing. So she's starting to realise that she may have slightly incredible superpowers. Um, she's having like a burgeoning relationship with a friend while secretly being in love with her best mate as well. So there's lots of kind of, I would say it's not treading any particularly new ground. And a lot of the storylines are kind of familiar from other things. It's definitely got a flavour of Stranger Things in it. It's got a bit of Carrie in there. It's got a bit of The Breakfast Club. And one thing I did think it reminded me quite a lot of was misfits as well. So in the sense of um, a superpower, a superhero origin story that's not like flashy and amazing, but it's a bit gritty. Mm. The episodes are really short, so it's less than 30 minutes. I think some of them are only like 20 minutes, 25 minutes. So I kind of blitzed the whole lot really quickly. Um, it's suffered a bit from, I think, something a lot of Netflix series have where the whole thing feels like a bit of a lead into the next series. Like the whole thing is to convince them to commission more. So I kind of got to the end of it and felt like, oh, I didn't quite get the payoff I wanted. So there's a really hilarious moment at the very end. But it ends on a massive cliffhanger. And I suspect that they're going to have a big bad guy in the next series and they have not decided who they're going to cast yet. Maybe they're waiting to see if Timothy uh -huh. Dalton's available. So in some senses, it was not entirely rewarding, but I thought what it did, it did really stylishly. It was really enjoyable to look at. The performances were all really great. The leads in particular were really endearing. You really wanted them to get out the other end of it and, and is do well. We, is there anybody we know in it? Or? Not really. So Sophia Lillis, she's probably the most well-known of them, but there's no real big names in it that I can think of. I am intrigued. I do want to know what happens in the next series. It, it laid quite a few sort of little hints about what might be going on behind the scenes and what might be the reasons for the superpowers. I would like to see what Jonathan Entwistle would do on the big screen because it feels like he's got the vision to make something really impressive. I kind of expected him to do something in film next, so I was quite surprised to see him on TV again. Over the last year or so, Netflix seemed to have been cancelling quite a few mm -hmm. series. So mm -hmm. it's not as safe a space to be in as a year or two previously when Netflix was still trying to build up brands. Uh, yeah. Now it seems they prefer to say, oh, look at all these things you could watch. And it's like a big list of titles as opposed to having one thing with 100 episodes. Yeah, they don't seem to have the sort of big headlining attention grabbing thing, except for maybe Stranger Things. I guess that's one of them. I think I've read somewhere where they'd pretty much said that a new series attracts more new subscribers than a second series or a third series of something already existing. Yeah, I can believe that. Yeah. But I, I don't know how you measure that. You kind of want to know what it is you're subscribing for. Yeah. And if it's a new series, you, it's just a whole list of names of things you've never heard of. I've got very annoyed with Netflix cancelling things recently. Just after, after a second series as well, and not giving them a chance to finish it off properly. Mm. Um, but even something that's sort of long-running, Bojack's been cancelled this year. Uh -huh. And that wasn't the creator's choice to do that. They, were, they, they wanted to carry on. I feel like I can't get too emotionally invested in a Netflix show because I'm not convinced that I'm going to see it through to the conclusion. Yeah, I remember watching that um, Paul Rudd series and thinking, I'm not sure they'll make another one of this. I, I don't know if they've said if they will yet, but I kind of I go, in, like in this series as well, I kind of went into it thinking I should probably expect that maybe this will be all I've seen see of it and maybe just be happy with that, sadly. What's the one with Jason Isaacs that you liked that they just cancelled? 
Oh, the OA. The OA. The oh, poem. that's infuriating because that... Did you watch that last series, Peter? I did. It was, I, that was batshit insane. There's no way she knows where she's going with that she series. She does. I totally... She does I not. have faith in her, but it doesn't matter because it's not happening anyway. But they... That was... Oh, they, they were just begging for another series at the finale of that one. Although I don't know, it was so bizarre and surreal. I kind of wonder if they were just like, well, let's just go crazy. And then if we do get another series, we'll work it out later. Things like Star Trek and whatever, they would make the first episode of a two-parter set up a cliffhanger mm-hmm. with no idea how they were going to resolve it, which seems a weird yeah. way of doing things. Yeah, yeah, I think they used to do that in the X-Files. So they'd do the cliff, mm-hmm. the, like the finale, and then in the second part of it, they'd all have completely different hair. Scully mm. would be two stone lighter, Mulder would have bulked up. It would be very inconsistent. Maybe the most famous cliffhanger is the best of both worlds. Picard is a Borg. Picard is a Borg, and then Riker <sighs> says fire, and they had no idea what they were going to do. There was a possibility that Patrick Stewart might not be returning. So I don't know whether they held that over him, like, you know, mm. we can blow you up very easily. But the Vikings just didn't have a clue how they were going to finish that. And you wouldn't guess to look at it. Mm. Speaking of which, my recommendation is um, Star Trek Picard. Ah, yeah. See, a little segue there. I've now seen the first five, I think, of ten episodes. This is the uh, new Star Trek series featuring, obviously, Captain Picard. Essentially, we pick up 20 years after Star Trek Nemesis with an elderly Picard on a chateau in France, having left the Federation under somewhat of a cloud following the events of the first J.J. Abrams Star Trek film. So we're tying the two separate universes together. Louise I'm pulling a face. Louise <laughs> has thoughts. I, ha- I have the- to admit, I'd not really registered that. I just, I, I didn't really stitch those pieces together, and I do not acknowledge the J.J. Abrams Star Trek movie, so I'm not very happy about that. Well, it's set in the original Star Trek universe, but the events that causes the J.J. Abrams films. It's all right. Picard will sort it out. He will. Yes. He'll clean up J.J.'s mess. <laughs> it does have a lot of lens flare, though. Star Trek <laughs> has to have lens flare now. That's the only uh, acknowledgement to J.J. Abrams that should be allowed. Um, so Picard is in his chateau in France, he's left the Federation, and a young girl turns up who discovers that she is not all that she thinks she is, may or may not be an android. She's definitely an android. And is also possibly related to Data, who, as we all know, popped his clogs in Star Trek Nemesis, one of the worst of the Star Trek films so it's a very good series that seems to be trying to fix some of the worst elements of the Star Trek universe by atoning both for J.J. Abrams and Star Trek Nemesis. Obviously, Data died in Nemesis. Picard has been mourning Data ever since and also mourning the way that he had a split from the Federation. Um, this young girl appears who has a secret and that secret may or may not be related to Data. So it leads uh, sort of a, a now elderly Picard back into space for possibly the final time. It's really, really good with some caveats, but I, I absolutely love it. I think my caveats would be that they've introduced a lot of new characters. Mm-hmm. And actually, I really like all the new characters. Yeah. Santiago Cabrera is the, a good sort of gung-ho space captain. The um, What's the girl called? with the Raffi. Raffi, Raffi. Is, uh, who obviously has a previous relationship with uh, Picard. She needs to stop calling him JL. Yes, yeah, that's this is nauseating. <laughs> yeah. Hey, JL. Yeah. They're obviously just trying to say, here's this whole other relationship you haven't seen, mm-hmm. is what that was supposed to be shorthand for. Just but I don't believe really those work. are the kind of relationships Picard would have. I mean, no. even like Riker would never be calling him Hey, JL. It's ridiculous. Anyway. Uh, but I, th- I think most of the other characters are working really well. Just yeah. so far, I'm not really sure about plot. 
is, is maybe where my yeah I think it's are. getting there. I mean, we've we've got the Romulans involved, we've got the Borg, and they all seem to be tying together quite nicely. And as as we're moving kind of into the second half of the series, I think the threads are starting to tie together a little bit. We're back to kind of a an odd relationship with the Romulans, where they're not quite our enemies. Uh, kind of similar to the relationship with the Klingons in the next generation. And we've also got Alison Pill as um, a doctor of robotics. I will say no more, but her character is more interesting than you might think at first. She's more of a comedy character than you would usually get in a Star Trek series. Yeah, I mean, there's been some things about the tone of it. Um, I mean, there's um, quite liberal use of the F word in it, which seems a little I find odd. that really jarring. I hate it when they swear in front of John Luke. <laughs> <laughs> it's just not respectful. It felt out of place to me as well. Um, not that I have problems with with uh, such naughty words, but I didn't associate that with Star Trek. And well, no, mm. no one swears in Discovery. Why are they suddenly mm. swear? I guess they're not in the Federation. There was a fucking Discovery in the first season with uh, Tilly. What did they fucking discover? <laughs> was goes, it Tilly who said it? Yeah, she goes, wow, that's fucking awesome or something like that. And everyone goes, this isn't Star Trek. They only did it once though, and then they realised it yeah. made people uncomfortable and they stopped. They should put that into Star Wars, <laughs> and it's very gory as well. Uh, the the first the the most recent episode was, was pretty much just a bit of torture porn in there almost. Mm. Yeah, there was that was quite unpleasant. Yeah. And I would, but that's like a yeah. thread of Borg related nastiness. It's gone a bit further than most Borg items mm. do, but. If you'd watched it and had never watched Star Trek before, do you think it would have made sense? I don't know because mm. I'm so well versed in Star Trek that I get all the little references and enjoy them all. Uh, but I think it would stand alone. I think some things would mean a bit less, like Seven of Nine rocking up. If you didn't know mm-hmm. Voyager or like the story of her character, I don't think they said a lot to make you understand why that was so significant. Yeah, all you need they to skirted know, so, around yeah. a bit. I think they were leaving it for the, the Star Trek in-crowd. I thought she was really good, actually. Mm-hmm. She impressed she me as a, an actress. I'm guessing she's only in one episode, though. They'll bring in the old characters, but mm-hmm. just for a treat and then... Back to the regulars. I think they're trying to not distort the story too much with that. Mm. Well, of the people in this room, I think I am the closest to being a um, <clears throat> Star Trek virgin. Um, I've, I've Which seen is bits the opposite of, of a normal version of me. <laughs> 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 I've seen bits of various different series and I've seen J.J. Abrams films. And I'm familiar with Star Trek, but I've never been a particular fan and don't know all of this stuff. I didn't know that Data was dead. Um, I'm, I'm aware of who Seven of Nine is, but I don't really know anything about her. So I'm close to coming into this fairly cold and I'm not sold on it. I've only watched the first two episodes. I've been intending to watch at least one more to try and make up my mind and haven't got round to it mm-hmm. yet. Uh, but it, it hasn't grabbed me and it, it may well be because I, I don't have uh, the, the nostalgia kick or um, the, the, the background knowledge. I will say the second episode is the weakest. I enjoyed the first one, the second one, and to some extent the third, which have exposition and getting the plot going. I think it's picked up a lot in the last couple of episodes. I, I think it starts to change when they get to the spaceship. Yeah. Which they won't have done yet in part two. No. Yeah, I mean, Discovery, as I say, the first couple of episodes of Discovery were not on a spaceship having an invention. It didn't feel like Star Trek. Uh, actually, it was. They are on the one commanded by... Mm. Commanded by Michelle Yeoh, weren't they? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, but so it didn't feel like you, you went on a spaceship with a crew and here's our five You didn't characters. warm to the crew, yeah. yeah. Which in retrospect makes sense. When's Discovery back on? Later this year. It's been filmed. We've just finished filming season three. Jason Isaac's in it. No. 
Not like, like, oh, maybe. I don't know. I'm not, I didn't write well, it. Well, he's not doing the OA because they cancelled that. So he's free again. <laughs> yeah. The thing I enjoyed most in the last one was Captain Pike. Yeah. I heard he might be getting his own series. This is the rumour, yes. Mm-hmm. I probably heard that from you, Pia. Uh, probably. <laughs> no, they've talked about it. Um, yeah. And uh, they've said they're going to do it. They're probably going to do it like a episodic, almost like the original Star Trek with a monster of the week and that kind of thing, which make I, a difference. I kind of like with Star Trek. I, I miss that. We talked about this a little bit in um, Buffy. I do kind of miss that episodic, here's 100 episodes and there might be a little bit of a thorough line running through them, but you can just sit and watch it and you don't have to remember what happened in the last six episodes. And It's part of that Netflix TV making though, isn't it? Because they're making things that you do binge and you just sit and plough mm. through the whole thing. A lot of Netflix stuff and a lot of the new streaming stuff feels like a long film chopped into hour-long chunks sometimes with an extra half hour stuck in yeah. for no good reason <laughs> when i was watching that i'm not okay with this i kind of lost track of how many episodes there were because they mm-hmm. just kind of bleed into one in, one after the other and I, I got to a point where i was like i don't am i near the end i don't really know i've not kept track picard is very serialized mm. D- when you're watching a thing like that do you do you go out and have a look and see where you are through how many episodes there are because this is one of the weird things about reading a book on a Kindle instead of a real physical book. In a real physical <laughs> book, you're always really aware of where you are yeah. through the book. Yeah. And that's one of the things I find most disorientating about reading a book on a Kindle. I got six episodes into I Am Not Okay With This. And I did have to stop and check because I was like, is this nearly finishing? Is there one left? It's about 1am. Could I just finish it all in one night? Because I did want to, but I didn't quite get to that. It's very upsetting when you're reading a book and you're enjoying it. And you think, I've got loads of this book to go. And then you realise the last third of the book is footnotes and a bibliography and an index <sighs> and you've actually got to the end much earlier than you thought. I was a bit sad with that. Mm. What book was it? It was the book that Dan recommended, Wild and Crazy Guys. Oh, yeah. Basically, I'm just buying books that Dan recommends. <laughs> What's on the table over so, here, so John? Fine. When Dan won't <laughs> learn books out because he's worried that I'll crease them. <laughs> he's probably right. He probably is right, yeah. I think he saw me once not having a bookmark to hand falling over the corner of a page so I didn't lose the spot and that, that's just one step away from burning it in he, he was not happy he didn't talk to me for six months <laughs> that must have made the podcast awkward it was surprisingly awkward yeah <laughs> the live shows were great it was just Dan would say something I'd be like to one of the others uh, could you sell Dan yes and <laughs> <laughs> so yeah I uh, enjoyed it very much so far I'm intrigued to know where it's going it's already been picked up for a second season oh Mm. Which, which is good. Uh, Patrick Stewart is brilliant in it, playing a frail, wounded, but still recognisable Picard. Yeah. He, he's kind of slipped back into that character, but you can feel the weight of everything that's happened in the last 20 years to him. Uh-huh. You can hear in his voice, when, when he does a sort of close-in emotional thing, that still mm-hmm. sounds very much like him, but you can hear that the sort of the barky, hard edge of his voice has, has gone now that yeah. he's older. And it's quite funny that they've brought in someone else essentially to do the fighting for him. Yeah. But uh, it does seem to be an obvious acknowledgement that, okay, we're not going to have any fight scenes. No, I don't know. In the first episode, he had a little, little bit of a fight scene. Mm. There was a bit where he had a run, but they cut away very quickly. Someone else had a run. Someone yeah. I think you'll find. Yes. Yeah. yeah. But uh, it's uh, eight out of ten so far. I'm glad it exists. Let's mm-hmm. put it that way. <laughs> and I'm enjoying it. And it's, you know, I watch it as soon as I can every time there's a new episode. Yeah. It takes some of the bad taste of J.J. Abrams out of my mouth. Name of my sex tip. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> 
Welcome to the movie taglines quiz. Very Ooh. simple concept. I am going to say some taglines. You will say what movie it's from, and you will be given points. And then someone wins something from the sack of fun potential. So, is there some sort of elaborate scoring system? Yeah, let's make it elaborate. I've, I've got the tagline, but if you're not getting it from that, I've also got the year it was released and the type of film. Oh, so the points could decrease. Yeah, so yeah. you can get two points if you get it just from the tagline. Get one point if you need the additional information. Um, mm. I've got 15 of these. There's three of you playing. Um, okay. I assume you're all taking part. So you get five each. Um, and if you can't get it, then it'll be thrown open to the other two. Oh. How about oh. that? Like it, oh, like okay. it. Okay, yeah, that's yeah. interesting. Okay. Would anyone like to go first? Me, I will. Okie dokie. Start you off with an easy one. Are you ready? Are you ready, I believe, is... Uh, really, a sex tape. I was going to say cars. The race. Oh. Not everything's a sex tape, wasn't your t- Wasn't your turn, John? Name of my sex tape. <laughs> <laughs> well done, me. <laughs> <laughs> Nice planet. We'll take it. Oh, it's Men in Black. Incorrect. No! Can we buzz in? Um, yes, but John already did. Oh, we didn't define buzzers. I didn't buzz in. Did you not? I no, heard a buzzing sound. It was me going buzz. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's what the buzzing uh, sound was. because we didn't define buzzer sounds, you see. <laughs> see, it's anarchy yeah. when you don't work out the Hazel, rules. come back. Peter, what have you got? Mars attacks. Correct. Two points oh. to you. Oh, I'm shit at this. Let's move on to John. Why not? Man is the warmest place to hide. The thing. Correct. Oh, that's gross. One day you'll be alone in the cold and you'll be desperate for my offices. To <laughs> like a sexy Tonton. <laughs> Tontons are sexy, John, don't be yeah. mean. Peter, reality is a thing of the past. Oh. Try deja vu. Incorrect. So we don't know. Can we ask for the additional information before? Would anyone like to buzz now? I'm not. Would you like the additional information? Yes. I would. Hazel's better at this, isn't she? (laughs) Uh, It's uh, a sci-fi action film from 1999. Is The Matrix Revolutions? It's just The Matrix. Just The Matrix. The Matrix came out in 1999. It did indeed. No one gets that. Uh, I, I, I assumed it was The Matrix, but I thought the first Matrix got out before that. I was trying to remember the name of, what's that one that's on a train where someone keeps popping back and then it turns Next? out? No. Source code. Source yes, code. I was trying to remember the name of that. Wouldn't have helped. I know. <laughs> <laughs> it just frustrated me that I couldn't I hope that's not one of the it. next ones because you've ruined it now. Louise, your turn. Same make, same model, new mission. I'm never any good at this at the pub either, am I? Um, they make and model it's a car. What kind of car goes on a mission? Would you like some more info? Yes, I'd like the additional info, please. It's a sci-fi action film from 1991. Oh, that's old. I'm amazed that you haven't got this. Am I going to be embarrassed? Yes. Yeah. Oh, all right, then. Well, let's just bring on the embarrassment, because I don't know it. <laughs> uh, Buzz, Terminator 2, Judgment Day. Correct. What? Oh. I am ashamed. I would never... I probably wouldn't have seen the poster at the time. If it helps, I wouldn't have got it, because I was thinking no, cars. I was thinking mm. cars. It's not a different make, is he? 
That's a misleading tagline. Same, 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 make, same, same make, same model. Which oh, was, same yeah. make, same model. Right. Cyberdyne enough. Systems T101. Yeah, I suppose that's true. Begrudgingly. <laughs> John. Yes. His whole life was a million to one shot. That's Rocky. It is Rocky. 1976 sports drama. Unfair advantage for John. Why? That I knew the answer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Peter. Whoever wins... We lose. I know oh, this. That sounds like two competing alien races competing on our planet. Um, but I can't think of what bit, that would it? be. <laughs> <laughs> you can't think of the one very popular film of the last few years. Uh, not, not very popular. Not very popular. I'm going to go with War of the Worlds. <gasps> no. Buzz. That was one alien race. Peter. Alien versus Predator. Correct. Oh. John is definitely going to win this quiz. Should we just stop now? <laughs> no. Louise. We scare because we care. Oh. Monsters, Inc. Correct. Yay! Two points. I knew something. Well done. Oh, don't patronise me. <laughs> John. Check in. Unpack. Relax. Take a shower. Psycho. Correct. Specifically the 1998 the, remake. The awful he, remake. He didn't say he that. Didn't say he did that. not I, say I that. I could have, if you had asked for me to clarify, Hitchcock I would have, wouldn't have written such a shit remake. tagline, yeah. would he? It was just called Psycho, though, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Peter, the longer you wait, the harder it gets. Is <laughs> 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 the name of. <laughs> I know this. Oh, I know it too. You can have more information if you want. No, just give it to us. I'm going to have more information. 2005 comedy film. Do we need to say buzz? Only if he doesn't know it. Is it, know is it the, it's like having people argue over your corpse. <laughs> <laughs> Not your corpse, just your points. <sighs> buzz! Buzz! Oh, yeah, they didn't! They didn't. <laughs> have a guess, Peter. Go for oh. a wild guess. And um, the longer you wait, the harder it gets. Your reaction to that was exactly what they were going for. That kind of film. Sex type. Incorrect, Louise. Buzz. I buzzed earlier. Forty-year-old virgin. Correct. Yeah. Ah. Louise, on mm. the air, unaware. That was unaware, not underwear. <laughs> buzz. Buzz. Um, I'm not having you can. I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. You can't preemptively buzz when I knew the answer. <laughs> We on didn't define the rules, unfortunately, so I'm going to have to accept air. it. Like they don't know they're on the air, or they're on the air and they're an idiot? Can I have the additional information? Yeah, it's a 1998 comedy drama. I'd say leans more on the drama than the comedy. Uh, oh, no, I don't know it. Let them buzz. Buzz. Peter, you buzzed first. <laughs> Actually, I'm not sure I know it. Because so <laughs> I, I was thinking Wayne's World, which doesn't mm. fit the description. No, that doesn't make any no. sense. No. On the air. Unaware. No when mind. are no, they on it's, the it's, air? It's, 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 they, they run a TV show from their basement. Oh, right, right, right. But they, they are aware that they are. I was thinking of the show. festival. That was just implying they're idiots. Yeah, it's, um, it's the Truman Show. It is the Truman oh, Show. Oh, of course it is. Oh, these are hard. The longer you wait, the harder it gets. <laughs> John. Fear can hold you prisoner. Hope can set you free. Sure, shock redemption. Oh, I knew uh-huh. that one. Peter. Buzz. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for that vote of confidence. <laughs> the mission is a man. I know this one. 
Oh, you know, I'm not sure. I, do. I know it. I think. Oh, yes, I do. No, shut up! I said buzz. Just teasing us. I, I already buzzed. You didn't. I did. Buzz. I buzzed after I said uh, that was, after no, no, no. said Peter. No, you didn't. Could split the points. All right. <laughs> uh, next piece of information. It's um, an epic war film from 1998. Oh, oh wait a minute. Uh, oh, right. It's not what yeah, we I thought we, it was. We were both thinking The Martian, weren't we? Yeah, but it was, it's not that. But it's not that. I, I know what it is now, though. Saving Private Ryan. Yes. Correct. I'm sure that was the similar tagline for The Martian. As, as soon as you said 90s, it is, yeah. It's, uh, um, we check. were so smug, we knew nothing. Yeah. <laughs> right, it's the last round. We all have one left each. And uh, Can we have lots of extra points for the last round? Yeah, sure. What? what? <laughs> Peter currently has three. Louise currently has three. John currently has 12. Oh, for God's so sake. 10? Let's say it's worth 10 to Louise or Peter and one to John. <laughs> Be fair, it's worth 10 to John as well. Let's figure it out when we see how many John gets right. Buzz. <laughs> you can't preemptively buzz for all the rounds. And Louise, yours is, the last man on earth is not alone. Oh, it's um, it's that one with Will Smith in. He's got a dog. Oh, what's that called? It's something like Legion, but not. Or is it Legion? Buzz. No, no I d- shut up. I Legend. Le- I, I, legend? I, that- a bit longer. <laughs> I le- Oh, no. <laughs> what is it? It's not I, comma, legend, I which is very ungrammatical. No, you, you, you're getting a little bit confused with I, robot, but I'll, I'll give it this. I am legend. <gasps> I am I'll legend. Give that you. Uh, thank you. But it has been made as the last man on earth and things, yeah. hasn't it? And the Omega Man. It's been made three times with a different title mm. each time. So that was what, 10 points? Yeah, if yeah. it's just, you know, Ten. rounding. Okay. <laughs> John, for one point. <laughs> <laughs> Now, uh, in order to trap him, he must become him. Shit. Um, I know what I want to say, but I'm not convinced that it's right. I was going to say face off, but I'm not sure. You are right, yeah. <laughs> it is face off. Trap him. In order to trap him, he must become him. Yeah. Oh, right, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. That puts Louise on 13, John on 14, Peter, you've got three. Let's say for... <laughs> Eleven points to tie. I don't have a tiebreaker, but we'll figure that out. His story will touch you, even though he can't. Buzz. Uh, oh, I think I know. No, that's not what I thought it was. <laughs> AI. Nope. John knows it. Buzz. Is it Edward Scissorhands? It is ah. Edward Scissorhands. Yep. So, uh, what were you thinking? The one about the bubble boy. Yeah. <laughs> the boy, the, pl- the yeah. Jock Travolta 1970s yeah. boy, the plastic bubble. I thought bubble. it was a bit of an obscure one. <laughs> <laughs> so, 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 who won then? Uh, jo- John just edged it. By how many points? <laughs> By lots. <laughs> <laughs> that was an excellent quiz, though. It's good. Yeah, the, the best tagline I came across uh, and didn't use because I'd never heard of the film was, unwittingly, he trained a dolphin to kill the President of the United States. <laughs> Amazing! Oh, John, you must have seen that. I, I know the name of I it. I would have seen I, it. I, I know the, the film. It's got a weird name. Day of the Dolphin. <laughs> Day of the Dolphin, yeah. It's, it's a real film with mm-hmm. people in it. Like a 70s political thriller kind of thing. With what? dolphins that... Talk and also get brainwashed to kill the president. Was this around the time that Flipper was on the TV? It was the 70s. Yeah. I remember watching Flipper as a child and it looking old. So maybe it came out of Flipper. 
Flipper pandemonium. It came out of Flipper as the name. Wasn't pandemonium? <laughs> wasn't pandemonium about a panda? Yeah, probably. Quiz over. It's an excellent quiz, mm. thank you, Andy. So who came, yeah, cool. Who came last? Uh, Peter did, which means he doesn't have to go in the sack of fun. No, I think I think the wait. D- John has to go in the sack of fun. Oh <laughs> yeah, God, we're never going to get rid of these DVDs. They're <laughs> <laughs> just going to be in the house forever. Because I won, I get to gift the sack of fun to somebody. Yeah, the that's not in the sack. rules. The whole no, sack. It, it, it prize from the sack, and I think you know, Hazel's away, <laughs> and he's looking for something to fill the hours. What could be better than a, a special treat from the sack of fun as a reward for? <laughs> creating such an excellent <laughs> quiz coronavirus <laughs> <laughs> do you actually know where the sack of fun is john i think it's in the office i need to go and look for it find the sack of fun right then well my reward for um doing a quiz is that i get to go into the sack of fun which That'll is the first time for me i'm quite excited don't be let's del- delve in there see what you get oh it's moist yeah <laughs> Oh, that feels like a box set. I'll avoid that. Ah, got one. Repeaters. A mix of the supernatural with a slice of anarchic violence. Haken meets Groundhog Day. Is that Hayden Christensen? Oh, no. (laughs) It just means your day will feel like it never ends when you're watching it. (laughs) Repeaters is a gritty, mind-bending thriller about three 20-somethings who find themselves in an impossible time labyrinth where each day they awake to the same terrifying day as the preceding one. Oh, the, the three twenty-somethings are called Sonia, Kyle, and Weeks. I hate them already. Yep, same. Weeks. Blah 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 blah. Mischievous fun escalates. Spree of violence, drugs, and murder. Is Hayden Christensen in it? Maybe that's not him. The face on the back of the cover looked a bit like him. What I particularly like about it is it's got what looks like it's won an award on the front on the Toronto International Film Festival. But when you look closely, it just says special presentation Toronto Film Festival. So they just mm. put it on. They just put it on, perhaps in the back of a shed. <laughs> you know, taken Groundhog Day together at last. How bad could it be? We'll find out. Depends if Hayden Christensen is in it. No, it looks like a cheap imitation of Hayden Christensen, which is uh, just a baffling what? concept. Why would anyone do that? Wow. A mistake, probably. Uh, thank you, John. I'm um, overwhelmed. It's only 85 minutes long, so that's a small well, At least it's brief. Mm. Okay, so that is our episode. Um, all the things that Hazel normally says at the end. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you wouldn't know. I do listen. Yeah, 50 uh, times she said that in front of you. But, you know, it's, I'm normally quite drunk by that point, aren't I? Seems like it. So, uh, if you've enjoyed this episode, then give us a shout out on the social medias. We are on Facebook, we are on Twitter, we are possibly still on MySpace. What's our tag, John? Is it Nerdfest Podcast? Nope. Nerdfest UK? I'm not going to help. No, it is Nerdfest UK. We are at Nerdfest UK on Facebook, on Twitter, on Carrier Pigeon. If you enjoyed it, then send us a message and Louise will do something nice for you. (laughs) What would you do? It won't be nice. It won't be nice. (laughs) But uh, for now, you have been listening to... Louise Taylor. Peter Johnson. Andy Chandler, who is never doing a quiz again. A man who is not okay with this. (laughs) (laughs) Don't you have to. And I'm John Farthing. Bye. Good point, yes. Swallow, John, swallow. (laughs) Is the name of... (laughs) (laughs) And I've been John Farthing. Bye. 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 Bye.
I was kind of hoping that inside the cardboard sleeve for repeaters, it was actually a copy of Mandy, but no, it's repeaters. <laughs> that would have been genius. A bad sign if you're hoping for it to be Mandy. Yeah. If, if you're watching a film and you think, I'd rather watch Mandy. <laughs> Just a typical day at the screen for you, John. So does John keep swapping movies for Mandy? Every yeah. time you watch films. Yeah, you've got like a Pavlov's dog kind of... He put one on, he put um, Colour Out of Space on and because <laughs> it's made by the same people, I was going, no, it's Mandy again. He went, it isn't, it isn't. And I was, it was, took a while for me to be convinced. How many times have you done that and you believed him and it was still Mandy? A couple mm, of times. A I couple th- of times. <laughs> you've not done it recently. Nah, I think you thought you were watching 1917 once and it was Mandy. Yeah, that was annoying. It took 45 minutes to realise 